Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We got some work to do. This is the Advanced Scout with Tom Offerman and Matt Williamson. You know, to Indianapolis last Saturday, dropping their third straight game of the year. Meanwhile, the Cincinnati Bengals, who come to town on Saturday, have won three straight games. Cincinnati has been outscored by four points compared to a minus 57 scoring differential for the Steelers this year. Pittsburgh is 500 at home, and the Bengals are 500 on the road. So these are two teams really going in opposite directions here, Matt. 100%. And just to pull the curtain back, I mean, we record this after you and I do different stuff, and I was I, there's about a five-minute break where I sit in the lobby here at the station, and I fiddle with my stats or whatever. And I, I found this one right before we came in. I emailed it to you. You probably didn't have a chance to no, see it. No, I didn't. But since these teams played in Week 12, which not that long ago, right? The Bengals are sixth in the NFL in scoring on 48.6% of the drives. The Steelers are 30th. So you talk about teams going off the direction since we've seen them last. Browning has settled in. The Steelers haven't. <laughs> you know? I mean, reminding people from the last time these teams met, the Bengals had just 10 first downs compared to 22 by the Steelers. Yeah. Pittsburgh was 8 of 17 on third downs compared to 2 of 10 for Cincinnati. The Steelers produced 199 more yards of offense. They averaged 6.2 uh, more yards per play, or they averaged 6.2 yards per play compared to Cincy's 5.4. They possessed the ball for 37 minutes. I mean, they dominated the Bengals. Dominated. But ever since then, the Bengals' offense has really woken up. It, yeah. it looks like what the Bengals' offense was going to like. We assumed the Bengals' offense was going to get on track this year. <laughs> we just Burrow figured number nine was going to be pulling the yeah, strings, yeah, yeah. and instead, it's number six. So again, that was only Week 12, and that seems like unrecognizable for both teams because Cincinnati's offense has been. Extremely efficient. As you mentioned, they're on a winning streak. The Steelers have crumbled in all regards since then and are on a losing streak. But I'm not trying to blow smoke, but can't you reincarnate the Week 12 game? That's what Maybe. I, <laughs> I mean, that's, I that's kind it. of the, yeah. the tone we're going to take in this next yeah. you know, 20 minutes or so doing this podcast. You know, you kind of know the game plan to beat mm-hmm. these guys. Can you go out there and execute it again? It's it's not like it's the changeover between Canada and Faulkner, Jones, because this was Faulkner in, in Sullivan's first game. Exactly, exactly. Against the Bengals. Yeah. Um, despite the Bengals, you know, being eight and six, the Steelers seven and seven still alive in the playoff race. The Bengals more so than the Steelers, especially if they win this game. Man, I kind of feel like both these teams are going to miss. You know, the, I do too. The Steelers face the league's sixth, yeah, yeah, and they face the league's sixth most difficult schedule the rest of the way, while Cincinnati faces the eighth most difficult, and the Bengals are slated to face the most difficult run of opposing defenses the rest of the way in the league. So, yeah. I, I think the Bengals. This is a great story. They rallied. Oh, I thought they were going to quit when Burrow got hurt, and they didn't. They yes. proved me wrong there. But I think, like you said, tiebreakers, they don't have them in their back pocket, mm. and the schedule's just too much of a bear for them. Yeah. I and mean, then the Steelers have just dug themselves into a hole where they need a lot of help now. I mean, I was flat out wrong, but four or five weeks ago, I buried the Bengals on a lot of the different media outlets I Me did. Me too. I thought they would quit. Yeah, I mean, I just looked at it and been like, And the Steelers okay. game, their was, first outing out there was proof of that. Yeah, I was like, boom. I mean, I'm, I'm right. It's, it's not their year. Unfortunately, they wasted a Burrow year. And I was wrong. I mean, they are... I give that, that that organization a lot of credit, and the reason that they won't miss the playoffs, I don't think will be Browning. You know, to be very honest right. with you, I mean, it's just they just dug too big a hole 
early in the season with tiebreakers. Uh, a quick reminder of the series history between these two teams before we dig into the offense and defensive side of the ball for the Bengals. Uh, the series began in 1970, and Pittsburgh leads the series 69-39 and 39 all time. Two of those games occurred in the postseason, 06 and in 16. Steelers won both of those contests in memorable fashion. Uh, Cincinnati has won four of the last six meetings, but the Steelers won in Cincinnati Week 12 of this season, like we mentioned. Uh, before that, Pittsburgh was on an 11-game winning streak. Cincinnati has won just 13 of the 49 games between these divisional rivals that have been played in the 2000s. Mike Tomlin is 25-11 and 11 versus Cincinnati, including that playoff win in 2016. Over the past 10 seasons, Cincinnati is 3-2 and two if Joe Burrow is their quarterback against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are 2-13 and 13 without Burrow in this series, and that includes Jake Browning yeah, in yeah. a recent meeting just a few weeks back. Uh, let's take a look at this Bengals offense that has been surging lately. Uh, you know, I'll give you these numbers, but they're kind of skewed because of how great they've been lately. They're 21st it's in total the offense, but they've been better. To put a lot of stock in, yeah. Yeah, 13th in passing yards. Um, that's actually improved a lot with Browning as well. 31st mm-hmm. in rushing the football. You know, that's a little deceiving too, Matt, because it they're is. running the football a little bit better now. And their passing game has become an extension of the run game where they're – I know Jamar Chase probably won't play in this game, but they'll throw him a ball at the line of scrimmage. He'll break three tackles. They're throwing the backs and tight ends a very high percentage of the time where they didn't ever with Burrow. So it's much more of a ball control, play it close to the vest, and he's been very accurate. But still, the the running game's far from great. But one thing that's been consistent is they don't turn the ball over. They have 12 giveaways, and it's tied for the fewest in the NFL, and that hasn't changed since Browning's come in. He's protected the football. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers for the year are right there with the Bengals, but the Bengals— have been phenomenal in turnover stuff. Yeah, without question. Uh, for the season, Bengals offense averaged 5.2 yards per play, but that's been up to 6.3 yards per play over the past three games, which, for context, would put them in the category of elite offenses yeah, in phenomenal. the NFL. Uh, only the Commanders and Jets throw the ball this season at a higher rate than Cincinnati. Those are two weird teams to be throwing the ball a lot. Losing a lot. Uh, right, that's true. They <laughs> yeah. gotta, they're chasing. Uh, but the Bengals are only throwing the ball on 57% of their snaps the past three weeks. They were losing a lot against the Vikings mm-hmm. on Saturday, so they had to throw to get back into the game. But I think that's what you were kind of just saying. You know, They're using their running game a lot more to set yeah. up the passing game. It's not just pass, pass, pass. It's just been very Browning friendly. I mean, he's very accurate. He's not bashful. And it's been efficiency is the word I keep using. And you'll probably cite this, but, I mean, of all the quarterbacks with at least 100 passing Mm -hmm. attempts, Browning is only second to Brock Purdy in yards per attempt in passer rating. And they're not asking him to do a lot of difficult stuff, but it's just efficient, efficient, efficient. Yeah, and to even expand on that, over yeah. the past three games, the offense has been in has put out 85th percentile, 65th percentile, and 73rd percentile uh, EPA per play performances. Yeah, and Jake Browning, he had a positive EPA per play in each of those games, and he's second amongst all quarterbacks during that time frame behind Brock Purdy. I mean, it's Purdy, <laughs> yeah. Purdy, who is, I think, if you're going to give the award to a quarterback, which I think this year more than ever, you might be able to give MVP to someone not yeah. not a quarterback. But if you're going to give Tyreek would have played last right, week, but, but CMC you know, right. too, and yeah, in true. But if you're going to give it to a quarterback, which they usually default to these days, Brock Purdy's the front runner right now. So this is the He's only the guy that's been master. better than Browning. Yeah. This is the guy who's probably going to win the MVP this year. Yep, yep. I mean that's a historically great offense in San Francisco, and it's only three weeks, but the Bengals are doing some of that stuff. Now, real quick. Jamar Chase is still the scariest guy out there. He's their best player. Not Saturday. And if he's not going to be in the mix, which seems unlikely. Yeah, it doesn't seem good. Everybody is asked to do a lot more, even if they don't throw the ball as much as they used to. 
Uh, Browning threw for 227 yards, uh, his first start against the Steelers in Week 12, but last week he threw for 334 yards against Minnesota. Uh, Bengals as a team have the lowest average depth of target in the league by a good margin. Their average pass travels just 6.43 yards downfield. Kansas City is next at 6.83. But just isolating on Browning, his average depth of target comes in a little bit less than that even at 6.3 yards downfield over his uh, past six games this year. Um, Two very explosive offenses cited there, the Bengals and the Chiefs, just not really pushing the ball down the field through the air. No, again, it's just efficient, you know, and they're getting stuff after the catch, spreading the ball around to four tight ends like the Colts, two running backs. Uh, We know who their receivers are, and, you know, Higgins is healthy finally too, which is a good thing, but Chase isn't. Twelve different Bengals receivers were targeted last week, so Browning is is not shy at letting everybody get a, a bite of this apple. Uh, you mentioned Jamar Chase. He has 581 receiving yards. That's more than any other Bengals player this season. But, you know, he's not looking likely to play in this mm. game. So that means T. Higgins slides up to that number one role. Tyler Boyd slides up to that number two role. Both made massive plays last week they against did. the Vikings. Boyd to set up the game-winning field goal in overtime. And we all have seen the Higgins play to get the game to overtime Phenomenal. at this point. And, and so Higgins they're still went, stud receivers that you're dealing with. They are. They are. And I would imagine Porter will see a lot of Higgins. Um, Higgins hasn't been himself up until very, very recently. So looking at his cumulative stats for the season just aren't fair. You think that's a health-related thing? Yeah, he's finally yeah, yeah. getting healthy? 100%. Good for him, too, because, I mean, you know, Free agent to be. he's going to need to mm-hmm. make some money in this offseason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dealing with an injury, proving that he's not injured going into the offseason always helps. If he could finish strong, he'd be set up really nicely. Uh, the, you mentioned they have four different tight ends this season and have played between 178 and 362 offensive snaps. Are any of them really weapons that you have to worry about? Sample, Irv Smith. I mean, I guess if you're the Steelers and you're so depleted at safety and inside linebacker, anybody can play tight end. You right. You be worried about Didn't it. Didn't we have this exact conversation Last a week, week ago? Last week, the yeah. Colts and Mo Alley-Cox strolling into the end zone. Yep. I mean, so all tight ends are scary. None of them on paper are particularly scary, but they have four that they use, much like Indianapolis. And who's to say the Steelers can stop any of them with their linebackers and safeties? And it's surprising, you know, for the season long to see the Bengals struggling to run the football because Joe Mixon, you know, is a pretty solid back. Still mm-hmm. has a great nose for the end zone, though, man. He still True. finds, uh, you know, he's a good anytime touchdown scorer bet mm-hmm. if you want to put that part of the, or that prop bet down. Um, he's getting a little bit more involved, though, in the game plan lately. Yeah, and Chase Brown as and well, Brown. especially out of the backfield in the passing game. 100%. Again, it's ball control. It's efficiency. Um, Brown has fresh legs. I always like to look at rookie uh, running backs this time of year that have done very little. They kind of burst on the scene with a lot of vigor and fresh legs, and Brown qualifies for that. Mixon's not quite what he used to be, but he's a very talented player. Looking at the Bengals on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they're 30th in total defense, 382 yards allowed per game, 27th against the pass, 28th against the run. Uh, They're 20th in points per game allowed, uh, and they were the defense that allowed the Steelers to end a historic streak of not reaching 400 yards earlier this season. So, uh, you know about this defense if you're a Steelers fan. It, it can be had. It's not a very strong defense. Their biggest threat is they can take the ball away from you. Good point. But if you can play, you know, some ball control football, you should be able to move it up and down the field. And you should know that you should be able to move it up and down the field because you just did it like five weeks ago. Yeah. And even then, a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't quite put my finger on why did this defense go so much backwards from last year? I mean, they have two new safeties from a year ago. Mm-hmm. But a highly respected defensive coordinator, basically running it back. 
And they went from like a top 10 defense to a bottom three or four defense. But I like the personnel, Matt. Yeah, I mean, they're not We bad talked players. about this last time we did the scout. Yeah, exactly. Hubbard and Hendrickson and Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson is an underrated inside linebacker. Yeah. I mean, Hilton, we know about. Yeah. And I mean, they're at all levels, they're not Dax terrible. Hill is a good pick. Yeah, He's not, yeah. uh, you know, a bust by any stretch. They did lose DJ Reader since then. That's a big deal for them. He's a high quality interior player. And the other stat I found in the lobby before we hit record was. They're allowing the most yards per play on first downs, and they're also allowing the most plays per game of 20 or more yards. So that's killed them too. You know, they're always behind the sticks, and they're allowing big chunk plays. Now, that's not exactly the Steelers' forte, right? but if you could hit Pickens over the top twice in this game or something along, if they're vulnerable— Maybe you pick at that scab a little bit. Yeah, no defense is facing a higher average depth of target, uh, 9.39 yeah. yards on average than Cincinnati this season. So, yeah, teams like to attack this defense uh, down, down the field. The field. Uh, Pat Firemuth had the best game of his season. I'll, I'll even venture to say the best game of his career maybe, Matt. Nine oh, catches yeah. in 120 yards uh, against the Bengals. Uh, how do you get him more involved into this game plan? Because he had that great game against the Bengals, then he pulled the Houdini Act, and we haven't really heard from him since. It was yeah. that I guess we'll find out if it was just so matchup specific against Cincinnati or if they really just struggle utilizing tight ends in this offense. I don't have that answer. It frustrates me, to be honest with you. I mean, Friar Moose numbers are really scary if you take that game out. I mean, I think he had 13 targets leading up to that game, has done very little since. But you see it. I mean, you, you've seen his career. He's a good football player. Yeah, like your scout's eye is telling you, like, this guy can be a it's contributor. A He's right. a starter in the yeah. NFL. Yeah, and you saw it in that game, but only that game. And that's frustrating to me. Uh, Steelers ran for 153 yards against Cincinnati earlier this season. They averaged 2.8 yards per carry in Indianapolis and produced just 74 rushing yards. But the Bengals allowed 143 yards on the ground to Minnesota last week. The The Colts front really impressed a lot of people, I think, after the Steeler game. Uh, it's not as formidable against the run in Cincinnati, is it? No, and I will say the I, – I sold the Colts front seven short a week ago and we talked about them, and, and they are a very athletic, active group. I don't think this is as good, but they're, we mentioned their players. They're not bad in their front seven at all on paper. No, they're not. Um, Trey Hendrickson, I think, leads the charge with that for the Bengals. Yes. 15 sacks on the season. He's only one sack behind T.J. Watt. I mean, he's he's Great year. flirting with the league lead and, mm-hmm. and winning that category uh, this year. No one else on the team has more than five sacks, so Hendrickson is really you know, the lifeblood when it comes to sacking the quarterback. But they average 2.7 sacks per game. It's almost right around the middle of the mm-hmm. NFL. So, I mean, they, they can get after the quarterback. It's, it's a lot of one-man show, but still – with the Steelers giving up four sacks last week to Indianapolis, that's something they got to be be conscious of. No doubt. I thought the Steelers' O-line played very poorly in, in all facets, especially as the game went on, and the right side in particular, but Dan Moore had a tough game. You can't take this group lightly. You can't take anybody lightly for where the Steelers are sitting. So the Steelers were so successful on third downs against Cincinnati when they played in Week mm-hmm. 12. Since then, on this three-game losing streak, they are combined 11 for 37 on third downs. You know, I come in, I'm doing all these podcasts after that Bengals game, and I'm like, that's the one thing that I like the most of this. Uh, 400 yards is great. I know they didn't score that many points, whatever. Maybe that comes later. Converting on third down, finally. And it's just gone away. The well's gone dry again. Yeah. I mean, since then, they've turned the ball over a lot more, and, you know, all these things are going hand in hand. But, like, this is a team you can get a lot of first downs on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's there for the taking if you can do it. 
All right, let's highlight some key matchups okay. before we get out of here. Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins versus Steelers corner Joey Porter Jr. You know, I, I love this part of the show pretty much every week now with us is because it's just identifying who's Porter going to follow this mm-hmm. week. And it's an exciting matchup. We are kind of robbed of the Michael Pittman-Joey Porter Jr. matchup last week because of the injury that Pittman suffered, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, how do you think he did before that point? And then are you excited to see him against, you know, another bigger body type receiver like Higgins? Yeah, Pittman put up really good numbers. Um, and I will say this is a Eagles thing that Steichen does. They're really good at RPO stuff, rub routes, pick routes, stuff like that, that gave the Steelers trouble in general, you know, and – um, like a good offensive mind, he's like, I'm not just going to let Joey Porter Jr. take my guy out of this. Exactly. I'm going to get Joey Porter Jr. off of my guy. And they did a good job of that. I don't think Porter played poorly, although almost everyone on the team played poorly. Right. Um, but we didn't get to see it start to finish, as you mentioned. But I'm with you. I mean, I, I think body type, style, play, this is a good matchup for Porter. And then we mentioned the Steelers giving up four sacks against that Colts front last week. Uh a lot of players on the Bengals' side of the ball uh, on defense that can get after the quarterback. Dan Moore versus Trey Hendrickson is definitely one to keep an eye on, mm-hmm. uh, especially because Dan Moore in pass pro, I think, has, has kind of taken a step backwards as the season's yeah, gone on. I, I agree. I mean, I thought he fared better than expected early in the season against the Bosos and Garretts and Crosbys, right. all those but studs that they had to run face. Out of gas, I feel I, like. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole team isn't playing well, as we know, but Moore in particular is playing some of his worst football right now. Steelers and Bengals kick it off for the home finale at Acrosure Stadium, 4.30 on Saturday afternoon. For Matt Williamson, I'm Tom Opperman. Thanks, as always, for giving us a listen, and we'll talk to you next week on the Advanced Scout. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.